This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, a Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by James Forsyth and Fraser Nelson. So it's the morning after the night before when it comes to ITV's debate, but that could be the last debate we get for some time. Sky News were due to hold their leaders' debate on Tuesday night, but it has been cancelled. Fraser, can you talk us through what has led to this event? Well, Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss both pulled out of a Sky debate. Now, given that there's only going to be three candidates left by the time they were going to have a debate tomorrow night, it was, um, I'm not quite sure if that, who that would have really left. It would have been an interview rather than a debate. I, I was rather dismayed when I heard this news because I think there has been not enough debate, not enough scrutiny of process of choosing a new Prime Minister. I think bad ideas have not properly been put to the test and the weaknesses in candidates' position has not been shaken anything like as much as it should have been. Even the candidates' debates we've had so far are more an exchange of sound bites than proper scrutiny. And I guess I'm a believer in debate. I also think that the Conservatives' collective problem is that they've had nowhere near enough self-reflection as to how they got into this mess, how they managed to translate the success of a 2019 general election into the debacle of recent months. And if they think it's all because of Boris Johnson's parties, then they are deluding themselves. And I'm not sure they're going to come up with answers if they haven't properly diagnosed the problems. But then again, this is a Tory party, effectively. This is effectively a Tory party kind of stitch up in a way. The debates make it look as if your average viewer has got to say in that of course they don't, if it's just Tory MPs are going to decide this race. And then when it comes to the final two, it's going to be Tory members. And those members will almost certainly not be given the choice of Kemi Betnach, who we learned from a Conservative home poll is the number one choice of his members. So this is, um, all along, this was rather a fake democratic uh, decision and I guess the candidates thought, well, why proceed with a pretense? If you're Rishi Sunak, you had a good night last night. He was probably the winner. If you're Liz Truss, then you pulled it out of the fire because she was sinking. And I think she had a better night than she herself seems to have thought at the end of a debate. So both of those seem to have thought, OK, great, we got what we wanted last night. Let's cut our losses. Why risk it with another debate? And so therefore, that's what seems to have happened. And there's no... There are no rules when it comes to these things. There are no conventions. If those two want to cut their losses, they are entitled to. People like me can say it's a shame, it's um, you're running scared. That wouldn't really matter to either of them. James, is there another point here? There clearly is a sense, I think, from Team Truss after the debate forms last night, they feel they're in steadier territory. Their campaign's back what they wanted, and Rishi Sunak clearly won that debate. You look at the instant polling. But there has been lots of discomfort overnight from Tory MPs about the level of blue on blue. So do you think this, how do you think this decision will be viewed by the parliamentary party? I think the parliamentary party's view will be essentially this. You are appearing before us today for a hustings at the 1922. To have your disagreements in private, why go on TV and tear chunks out of each other? It's not working. And I think the campaigns at the moment are prepared to go along with that. I think it's a different question when it comes when there are members voting, right? Because you can't, you know, there are some Tory party hustings organised, but there are also other people will be looking for other ways to reach the membership. And I think it also tells something else, which is I think that Liz Truss stabilised her position last night. I think she had a difficult debate on Friday. And I think last night she did 
she steadied her position and I was talking to one Tory who was very sympathetic to Kemi Badenoch this morning and their view was that Kemi Badenoch probably needed Liz Truss to have a kind of repeat of her Friday night performance if Kemi Badenoch was to get past her and because that didn't happen it's now probably too too high a mountain to climb. I think Fraser was talking about the, the Cornhome polling. I think one of the things that you, you wrote about yesterday, Katie, one of the things the Cornhome polling at the moment shows is just how volatile this Tory selectorate is. That, you know, you've gone from last week when Penny Morden was defeating all comers to Penny Morden now trailing. I think, we, I think I would be very cautious about anyone who says you can predict what happens when it gets to the final two. I think it is going to be very, very it is going to be very, very unpredictable. And, you know, I, I am glad that I'm not in charge of running a bookmakers uh, making the odds on this one. This is, but by the way, Penny Mordant is sort of, she's, she's presented a statement saying that, you know, she likes media scrutiny, basically suggesting that she, the other two are running scared. And, you know, she might be right there. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think she did very well in these debates, but um, there, there is the air of a, of a stitch up here. Fraser on that, I mean, here's a team trust source that's been put out, so coming from someone in Liz Truss's team. It is not the right time to be doing more debates when this part of the contest only has 358 voters. The broadcasters should stop squabbling amongst themselves. The Channel 4 debate in particular was a massive mistake and candidates were wrong to take part in it. Is this a misstep coming from that team or do you think if they do get to the final two, because judging by the logic of that argument, it would suggest once you get to the final two, there should be more TV debates. Uh, and the best statement you've read out to me, he does sound pretty outrageous. I mean, trust tanked in the Channel 4 debate and now she's putting out a statement saying it was a ma- the whole debate itself was a massive mistake, almost blaming the format for the candidate's bad performance. I'm afraid to say if you want to be Prime Minister, you need to be able to fight anywhere, any place, any time. You need to be able to fight in candidates' debates. You you need to be able to go up head to head with leader of the opposition in the television debates that have now become recently become part of the British democratic apparatus. So, the, the, so saying this is this is journalists complaining about the road. No, I disagree with this. I mean, I am very uncomfortable with the idea of um, a small number of Tory MPs knifing. Boris Johnson, who was elected by 14 million people. Of course, it wasn't a presidential system, I know that, as a parliamentary democracy. But I still think if the, what, what the MPs are doing now is a little parliamentary coup, and for them to complain that there's too much scrutiny going on is, I think, even worse. I think the Channel 4 debate, even though it didn't suit Liz Truss's purposes, was quite important. I think last night's debate was important as well. And if I had my way, there would be just so, so much more of this. I, I, I'm a believer in debate. I'm a believer in bad ideas being exposed through debate and, and ridiculed. I've also got a horrible feeling that the Tories would far rather the comfort zone of their clinging to, say, bad ideas that are never really punctured by proper scrutiny, and staggering on with these failing ideas until the next general election, by which time the economic... Yeah, I, 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 I think that Rishi Sunak could do with a lot more scrutiny. I don't know why he thinks that he shouldn't change anything about the current economic trajectory, because I think Liz Truss is correct to say that it's leading Britain into a no-growth trap and something needs to change. So what can I say? I'm, I'm, I'm in favour of scrutiny and against parliamentary stitch-ups. Now, James, just looking ahead to tonight's ballot and we will bring you all the updates as we get the results, including a podcast later this evening. Can you just talk us through where the candidates are sitting? Because as you say, the contest is moving very fast. We've had con-home polling, which has gone from saying Penny Mordaunt was the member's favourite to actually saying in a runoff, Rishi Sunak would now beat her. Liz Truss 
beats them both and Cami Badenoch is the most popular and would also beat Liz Truss if you can keep up with what I just said there. Um, now, who do we expect to be knocked out tonight and where do we expect the votes to go? So the first question is, where do the Suella Braverman votes go? I think the majority of them will go to Liz Truss because Suella Braverman and Steve Baker, who was kind of the key figure in her campaign, are both backing Truss. And I think there is a kind of, the ERG are relatively disciplined group and I think they have decided to go in on Truss. And so I think most of those votes will shift to trust. I think Kevin Badenoch hopes to pick up a few. And so I think in terms of the vote numbers going up, I think you would expect trust and Badenoch to go up in this in this round. So trust to close the gap on Morden a bit. Then it's expected that tonight Tom Tugendhat goes out. He is on 32 votes and he went backwards in the last round. I think people, and so I think there's a kind of question about how long he can keep going in this contest. When his votes go out, it's expected that those, I think, will probably most likely split three ways between Badnock, Morden and Sunak. And then you go down to the final three, which will most likely be Morden, Sunak and Truss. And at the moment, I think you'd be a brave person to predict which two of those three would make it through. Uh, I think the dynamics of the race matter in that I think Truss will look like will, will will get a boost from today's vote because she will get an an infusion of, of Braverman supporters, and so I think Penny Morden has had a difficult time in that, and you can tell that you know she was on um, Sophie Rayo's show on the BBC yesterday morning to, complaining about toxic politics and smears, but if you look, and I think it was quite clear when she said to Liz Truss last night, "Do you lead your campaign?" When Liz Truss said that she didn't approve of any negative campaigning, who Penny Morden blames for this but but the problem with Penny Morden is it does seem to have been quite effective in in taking the shine off her and Fraser just finally when it comes to Penny Morden she I think has struggled as you touched on to really stand out in the debate so far so there was momentum building behind her last week um, but effectively it seems the combination of Friday night and Sunday night's debates has stalled that along with lots of questions about whether she's been honest on her situation on trans rights when she was uh, working in the cabinet office um where do you think things are going for her because we've had Anne Ravi Trevelyan out this morning giving a, a media round which I think could also be described as a drive-by where she effectively accuses Morden who was a junior minister in her in the Department of International Trade and is still there today of working on a leadership campaign in recent months rather than doing the job she was meant to be doing I think Penny Morden is the classic example of a candidate who didn't really receive much scrutiny previously because she wasn't that senior. All of a sudden, not just runs for leadership, but for a while looked as if she was going to win it. Now, when that comes along, you simply get subjected to a far greater standard of scrutiny. We saw this in the American election campaign where, where John Kerry, you know, a guy who'd been a senator for, for years and years and years, uh, when he ran for president, received a far higher amount of scrutiny than he had previously in all those years in public life. Then you get the toughest questions asked of you. In her case, you had, you know, a spectator was part of us. We, Steer Pike, published a recording of um, comments that she'd given to a bunch of Tory activists a few years ago, where she was saying, well, in fact, well, well, I'll just play the tape here so you can see what she told them. We have a lot to get done. So what I think we need to demonstrate is our hunger to get those things done. Um, and we are facing some really difficult times in the apologies office. I've got a growing list of legislation. Um, 
some of which I can't even be seen to be helping with. Um, so we have to be really smart about how we do that, and it is difficult, but we have to keep the pace up. In fact, we've got to pick up the pace on these issues, because that is what the public wants. The country is changing, society is changing, um, and we need to be ahead. So there you've got Penny Mordaunt effectively saying that she cannot be seen to be backing the causes that she is promoting. Now, this raises questions about honesty in politics and transparency. If you believe in something, then shouldn't you be arguing it for it openly rather than trying to do back? And this has been one of several accusations. We've also had um, Suella Braverman, the Attorney General. Um, here's a clip of what Suella had to say about um, Penny Mordaunt on Times Radio yesterday. Hansard makes it very clear what Penny's view was. She resisted changing that wording. She wanted the words pregnant person. She resisted the inclusion of the word woman. Um, and it was only after sustained opposition that she was forced to concede and accept uh, on a compromise of the word mother. And of course, um, here's Anne-Marie Trevelyan for a completion. Understandably, perhaps now it's clear Penny has for the last few months uh, spent some of her time focused on preparing her leadership campaign, for which I have, you know, utmost respect. That's how this system works. I'm brave for anyone who would be willing uh, to put themselves into that uh, mm. role. But uh, as I say, I wanted to support uh, Tom and share so what I think is So she's been absent without vision. leave. If it's last few months, Anne-Marie Trevelyan, well, the, the big dog's only been gone a couple of weeks, so she's been spending all this time preparing her campaign, hasn't she? So I think, I think a, a number of uh, the candidates have spent quite a long time preparing their campaigns, yes. So she hasn't been able to provide the sort of work that you'd have required in the department? So there have been a number of, a number of uh, times when uh, she hasn't been available, which would have been useful, and other ministers have picked up the pieces, yes. So there you go, three clips which are consistent with the scrutiny that you could expect if you're running a general election campaign. Now, you know, I wrote a cover story last week about Tory wars and um, all the kind of blue-on-blue -blue attacks, but this does serve a democratic purpose. If you're running for office and you've never really been subjected to the top dog level of scrutiny that a prime minister or a chancellor would get, I mean, do you think we'd know about Rishi Sunak's wife's non-dom status if he wasn't chancellor of the Exchequer? You only get that level of scrutiny at the top jobs. And I think Penny Mordaunt is having that applied to her and she is struggling to provide the answers. Now, is this um, scurrilous? Is this dark arts? No, I think it's an important part of the democratic process. If these questions weren't being raised now, they certainly would be raised if she were to run to be party leader. And I think, actually, that parties who elect a leader by acclamation without going through this kind of process usually come to regret it because the scrutiny will be applied sooner or later. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening. A Spectator subscription is now better value than ever before. As a new subscriber joining today, you'll pay just £1 a week for unlimited online and app access in your first year. To subscribe today, go to spectator.co.uk forward slash unlimited.